This episode is brought to you by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Kelsey Tamburino. When Congress passed the Clean Water Act more than 50 years ago, there was one major term that they did not clearly define. What is a federally protected waterway? And for a long, long time since then, the EPA, the White House, and the Supreme Court have been wrestling over what legally constitutes waters of the United States. This past Friday, the Biden administration finalized a rule to expand Clean Water Act protections nationwide. But there's a good chance that the Supreme Court could complicate the situation. Today, we talk with Annie Snyder to get a sense of how these regulations have been made murky by different administrations and the courts. It's Wednesday, January 4th. So, Annie, you have long covered the back and forth over what is considered waters of the United States under the Clean Water Act. Can you remind us of the history here? What's been the controversy? So the root of the issue is that the Clean Water Act was passed by Congress in 1972 to protect and maintain our country's waterways, the rivers, lakes, streams, wetlands across the country. And it creates a number of programs to do that. There are programs that require you get a permit if you're going to create a factory or a wastewater treatment plant that discharges pollution into a river. It requires that if you're going to fill in a wetland, you get a permit. Or if you spill oil into a waterway, there are penalties for it. But all of those programs only apply if those things happen in a waterway that is covered by the law. And the phrase that the law uses is waters of the U.S. So those programs all apply to waters of the U.S. However, in their infinite wisdom, Congress did not provide a clear definition of what waters of the U.S. are. And as you might imagine, there were big economic consequences to what is considered a water of the U.S. and what isn't, what waterways are covered by those programs and what aren't. And so virtually since the law was passed, there has been a big battle raging over which streams and wetlands in particular ought to be covered by the law. And we saw a couple of confusing Supreme Court decisions on this issue. And when the Obama administration came in, they decided that clarifying which streams and wetlands are covered by the law was going to be a top priority. And in 2015, they issued a regulation that would expand or would have expanded the number of streams and wetlands that are covered by the law. The Trump administration, when they came in, undid the Obama rule and crafted their own much narrower definition that vastly retracted the number of wetlands and particularly arid waterways that were covered. And so when the Biden administration came in, they said, look, we need something that is durable, that sort of cuts a middle path here, something that can protect our country's waterways, but that can be a final sort of solution on this. And so the rule that they finalized last week is intended to be this sort of middle pathway. In particular, it would restore protections to a lot of these like Western waterways, the phrase is ephemeral streams, streams that flow only after precipitation. So you can think of like in the desert, where it might rain once a year, those kinds of things would be protected under the Biden administration rule as they were under the Obama rule. And it would also restore protections to a number of the wetlands that lost jurisdiction under the Trump rule. Mm -hmm. But, you know, a lot of this confusion stems from a series of Supreme Court rulings. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And is the court ultimately the agency's audience here now? 
Yeah. So this issue, as I said, has made its way to the Supreme Court a good handful of times. It's been three cases that have really hit this issue on the nose. Um, and the and two of those were somewhat confusing. In particular, the last ruling in 2006 in a case called Rapanos, the then justices on the court, could not reach a clear consensus on where the lines ought to be drawn around federal authority. So you had the four conservatives on one side, the four liberals on the other, and in the middle you had, at the time, the swing vote, Anthony Kennedy. Uh, And he ended up joining the conservatives in the ruling, but he wrote his own standalone opinion in which he set a different test for when a streamer wetland ought to fall under federal authority, a different test than what the conservatives had written. And in particular, the test that Kennedy wrote used the phrase significant nexus. If a stream or a wetland has a significant nexus to downstream waters to the sort of big rivers that the law clearly protects, then it ought to be covered under the Clean Water Act, he said. But the question is, what is significant? What is enough of a connection in order to meet Kennedy's test? And so that confusion has been ultimately the reason that these past three administrations have said they need to do a rule. The Supreme Court actually encouraged the agency to write a regulation in this area. So that is, at the end of the day, what the Biden administration is doing here. But the Supreme Court is poised to issue another opinion on the topic with Sackett versus EPA, right? What could be the result of that decision? The opinion in Rapanos came out in 2006. So it's taken 16 years to get to this definition now. And by the time we've got the Biden administration issuing this rule, we've actually got this question teed up again for the Supreme Court. And it's a very different makeup on the court, of course, at this point. So the very first day of arguments of the new term in October, the very first case that they heard was a wetlands case that gets at this issue. It is a case brought by an Idaho couple. They bought property near a lake where they wanted to build their dream home. And wetlands on the property were deemed jurisdictional by the federal government. So they were told they needed a Clean Water Act permit. And that case made its way to the Supreme Court. So in that case, at its root, the question is whether their particular patch of wetlands should fall under federal authority and their patch of wetlands is separated from the lake by a road. And so if the justices wanted to rule narrowly, they could just look at this question of does this road sever jurisdiction? And that narrow approach to it is what the federal government has asked the court to take. But They could take a much broader approach to this question. In particular, there was a lot of discussion during oral arguments about when wetlands ought to be brought into federal authority. If they were to set some new tests around, you know, one or all of these areas, that could very much impact whether or not the Biden administration's rule holds. And it's very clear in the rule that the Biden administration put forward that the Supreme Court is indeed their audience. They're trying to sort of argue for a narrower take on the Sackett case and try and make the case that their rule solves some of the concerns that were raised during oral arguments. Also, last week, FERC and the North American Electric Reliability Corporation launched an investigation into the performance of the U.S. power grid during the holiday storm that strained power systems nationwide. Millions of customers were left without power as extreme weather caused coal, natural gas, and other generators in the southeast to trip offline. This forced utilities to trigger rolling outages. FERC and NERC said that they will investigate the issues behind the mass outages and suggest solutions. Similar problems hit Texas power plants in 2021, largely because the plants were not properly weatherized for extreme cold weather. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power switch. 
and subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Kelsey Tamburino, and we'll see you back tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Chevron, the human energy company. Did you know that Chevron is working with partners in California to convert the methane from cow waste into renewable natural gas that one day can help fuel trucks across the nation? Find out more at chevron.com slash RNG.